Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. You have your notes now. I want to get into my message, and it's called Love All, Serve All. You know what? We got to love all. When you love all, when you love your neighbor as yourself, guess what you want to do? You want to respond by serving those who love. I, I love my Pookie woman, man, not to death, but to life. I love her to life. I love everything about her. She's my woman. She's my anchor. She's my support. She's my help. And because I love her, I want to show her that I appreciate her. I want to show her not just by words, but by action. You know, talk is cheap, but action is deep. You know, a lot of times we want to show our love by our, not just by our words, but by our action. But then if you have your notes, we think of worship. We think of worship, it's more than just uh, music and song. It's more than most music and song and lifting of our hands. How many of you know that's true? When you think of worship, worship means many different facets of other than just worship and song and lifting our hands. I love what Pastor Andrew, he, Andrew, he leads us into the presence of God. And I love watching Joe and Lisa up here and their energy today. And Man, it's exciting because it makes you want to get going. Energy, excitement, breathes excitement. And when everybody gets on board and gets excited about worship, guess what? It electrifies the place, right? And so I love when I watch Joe and, and Lisa, man, standing up there and supporting Andrew and Andrew leading and Andrew getting on his tippy toes and doing this little number. and Man, it gets you kind of excited, you know what I'm saying? Makes you want to start dancing. But worship is more than just singing and songs and lifting up our hands. A lot of people say, well, Pastor, why do we lift our hands in the first place? A lot of times I call it this way. When you lift your hands, it's a sign of surrender. That you're letting go of your battles. The Bible says uh, they cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. So a lot of times when you're lifting your hands, Lord, I'm letting go of my battles. I'm letting go of my struggles. I'm letting go of those things that so easily entangled me, and I'm running the race that is before me. But a lot of times, too, is another way. I always call when I lift my hands, it's my spiritual antennas touching heaven. It's my spiritual antennas reaching out to God, that, God, I want more of you and less of me. I decrease, you increase. How's that going to happen? God, I'm going to tune in my frequency with you. That, God, I'm going to tune in my radio station, my heart, in other words, with you. And I'm going to surrender. I'm not going to care about the worries of the day, the anxieties, the pressures that I'm under right now. God, I surrender them to you because, God, the battle is not mine. It's yours. And the way I give you the battle is by surrendering it. Right? So worship is more than that. Worship is anything that is honorable unto the Lord. Anything that is honorable unto God. So whenever you're walking out your worship with God or your relationship with God, you need to ask yourself, am I honoring God in my speech, in my conduct, in my actions, in my ways? Am I honoring God? Because the Bible says that we are reflections, that we are the light of the world. We are the representation of Christ. Are we honoring God in my conduct, in my words, is my speech honorable to God? So it's not just about lifting of hands and singing of songs. Listen, worship Worship is an act of obedience. To obey is better than the sacrifice, right? It's an act of obedience, sacrifice, and giving of yourself unto the Lord. So, God, I'm going to obey. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to commit, whether it be time, resources, or energy. God, I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to sacrifice to you. To obey is better than the sacrifice. So I'm going to lay it down. It's giving of yourself unto the Lord. Worship is our spiritual act in which we show God how much we love him, our words, 
actions and deeds. People, people always say to me, Pastor, how can I show God that I love him? How can I show God that I love him? You show God you love him by your actions. Man, we just came out of Valentine's. And I'll tell you, it was so fun having our banquet in here and seeing this place packed with all those people. But, you know, after we did our vows and the things that we did at the Valentine's banquet, you know, Cheryl and I, throughout the, this last few weeks, we've been getting emails, we've been getting texts, we've been getting all kinds of messages of, man, Pastor, that was so awesome. Thank you for doing that. Like Harlan and Jane, when they did their vows that day, it was their 50-year anniversary. I mean, all these things that people were just thanking us for, they were renewing their vow or their commitment to each other. And by doing that, it made their spouse's heart melt. One of the things that you do by showing God you love them is not just with words. It's walking out your talk. And, God, I'm going to show you with my actions. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul begins to share to the church of Thessalonica. And he's sharing to the church of Thessalonica about some principles and foundations of the church. How many of you know the Bible says line upon line, precept upon precept, rule upon rule? In other words, you have to walk it out. There's a step one, step two, step three. Have you ever put together a model car? I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I would put together model cars. And I wanted to jump from step one to step ten. And I always forget the you know, two through nine. And I would always think in my head, oh, I can put this car together so easy. Man, this is a breeze. And the time I got to step 10, man, I messed up one, uh, two through nine. I messed it up so bad that I couldn't get the pieces off because they were already glued on too tight. And I messed up the whole process. And there's a reason why God gives us a process. One step in front of the other leads us to victory. So God gives us a step for marching orders to what we're supposed to do. And he says this. Remember, we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith. In other words, the work that I do is produced by faith, trust, and love in God. He says, your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is speaking to the church of Decimica. And he's giving them some marching orders or line upon line or precept upon precept, rule upon rule, step by step, step one, step two. And he's giving them to them because of what? And if you have your notes, it says this, our marching orders. What is our first marching order that Paul is speaking to the church of Decimica? about our work produced by faith. You know, our work produced by faith. That God, I'm going to show you my works by my faith in you. I'm going to show you my love by my works that I do for you. I'm going to walk it out. I'm not just going to talk, God, but I'm going to work it out. If you have your notes, faith is trusting what he says, believing what is right, and doing what he asks. That's what faith is. Trusting what he says. God, you said it. I believe it. That settles it. God, I trust you. That's why Solomon. Many of you can quote the verse, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, guess what he says after that? And lean not unto your own understanding. A lot of times when we want to trust God, we got to think it out before we want to trust him. God says, no, you come to me as little children. Stop trying to think it out. Stop trying to do it your way. Stop trying to figure out plan one, plan two. Man, just trust me, and I will lead you. That's what faith is. Faith is a substance of things unseen, but things hoped for. So, God, I'm going to trust you even though I don't see the whole plan. 
So many times in our life, we want to trust God when we see the whole plan. That's not what faith is. Faith is the substance of things unseen, but things hoped for. So God, I'm going to trust you enough to believe that, God, where you lead me, I will follow. And you're not going to lead me down a dead end, but you're going to lead me down the path of righteousness for my name's sake. So you get that? So God, I'm going to follow you. And then it goes on to say this. I love this. In James chapter 2. Look at what James chapter 2 says. Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed. But look at what he says. But does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? So in other words, what he's saying, are you neglecting those around you? How can you know the fruit that you bear by showing your love towards one another? Then he goes on to say this. Watch this. He says, but does nothing about their needs, physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, notice that, by action is dead. You can have all the faith in the world. Now, you got to get this. You can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't put feet under your faith, what good is it? You, you know, what good is your faith that I have all the faith in the world? I'm this big balloon. I'm a helium balloon. I'm ready to fly high. But if you don't act on that faith, you become a dead sea. And if you ever wonder what a dead sea is, a dead sea is when there's no outlets for fresh water to come into it. And if you go to the dead sea, I've never been there, but I read about it. If you go to the dead sea, what happens, the water is murky, it's heavy, it's thick, and you can even basically lay on the top of it because of the slush and all the stuff that's in the water. It's no outlets to bring fresh water in. And what happens in a person's life, if you don't walk out your faith, you become a dead sea for God, and then you become a dead sea for God, your relationship with God becomes boring because you're not doing nothing for God. Somebody say amen. You see what I'm saying? So don't be a dead sea. Be giving life. Then he goes on to say this. He says, I love this. But, it, but someone will say, you have faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith with deeds. So in other words, Adam, you say you got faith. Well, show me your deeds. Everybody can say you're a Christian. Christian means Christ-like. Christ-like means walking out the example of Christ and what he's done in our lives. You see, listen, faith is action word. Faith is an action word that produces power and touches hearts. Uh, man, produces power. I don't know about you, but many times, you know, I'm, a, I'm an outgoing person. I, I love, to, I don't think I know a stranger. Anywhere I go, I love people. Wherever I go, even when we were in Mission, Texas, man, wherever we went, we went to uh, uh, South Padre Islands, and we were there, and we met all these RVers, and, you know, every one of them were like my best friend. One guy, man, he was a he was a chiropractor. We sat down to both of them that we talked to, and the other guy, he just he retired from 3E General, uh, uh, that what is it? 3M. He just retired from 3M, and man, we sat down like we knew each other like the back of our hand. You see, listen, if you are a Christian and you are a believer in Christ, your mission is to look for those who are in need. You know, one word can turn a heart. This is smile, costs nothing but creates much. 
Your smile, your attitude of how you approach people, it produces power and touches hearts. Number two, the marching orders that Paul gives to us is this. Your labor prompted by love. You know, I found this to be true in my life. If I do things out of obligation, if I do things because, man, this is what I'm supposed to do, if I do things for my wife because, oh, I'm supposed to do that, I'm her husband, if I do that, guess what? My love for her is going to start becoming drudgery. It's going to become unfun. It's just not going to be natural. Man, you see, the Bible says that you are working unto the Lord and not unto man. So when you're working and doing things for God, you need to remember, God, I'm doing this out of love for you. I love you, God. And even though I don't want to do it and I don't feel like doing it, God, because of my love for you, I'm going to be a reflection of you and show my love to whoever that may be. So when you go to work tomorrow and you get up, Man, you say to yourself, man, I want to stay in bed. I don't want to see my boss again. I don't want to see my coworker again. I don't want to touch another piece on the assembly line again. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You need to remind yourself, wait a minute. The joy of the Lord's my strength, and I'm working unto God and not unto man. And when you get that mindset in your life, it changes your attitude and outlook in life. And a lot of times that's what we need to do. We need to change our attitude because our attitude determines our altitude of how far you're going to fly and how high you're going to go up in your life. And a lot of times what you need to do, you need to have a new mindset, a new outlook and who you are and what you're doing and who you're doing it for. Right? You look at I love this. You say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. I mean, we can all say that, right? He says, prove it by your love to others. Wow. Check that out. Jesus, I love you. Prove it by the love for others. What do you mean, God? Prove it by the love for others. Well, you said you love me. And love shows the reflection of me. So show me that you love me by loving others around you. You ever think about the two greatest commands that God gives? Love your neighbor as yourself. But the first is love the Lord your God with all your heart. So why does he say love the Lord your God with all your heart? Because out of loving God, out of loving who he is, his character, guess what you're going to do? You're going to next then you're going to want to love your neighbor as yourself. Because I love Jesus, and Jesus loved the whole world. I love this. Opportunity says, listen, to do prove your love by doing the work of the Lord in the church and in the community. So one of the ways that you, as we as Adventure Church, can prove our love to one another is we can get involved. Many hands make light work. I always say this. You can sit on the sidelines and not get involved, but when we score a touchdown, you're going to be one that's going to be sad and upset because you didn't have a part of the victory. You see, when people come together, there's no limit to what you can do. When I walked in here yesterday and I saw Harlan and Quinn and Dan, they were finishing up the touches here. Man, I about cried because I saw the labor of you men. And all the labor of you women, because I walked back into the pizza area, and there was food all through the counters that we made pies and man, donuts and bars. And I, I mean to tell you, but there's something about it when God's people get together. You ever think about this? 
Jesus says to his disciples, he took Peter, James, and John with him up on the mount to pray. And then the Bible says that Jesus went away from him a little distance, and he began to pray. And he prayed, and when he came back, he found his disciples asleep, and Peter, James, and John, they were sleeping. And then Jesus said, oh, could you not tarry one hour? Oh, could you not just be with me alert and attentive and maybe praying and seeking my face for one hour? So many times what happens is we are driven by this, the watch. We are driven by watching the time go by. As the old song was sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide roll away. Because we're always, <laughs> right? And we're always doing that. And we're always anxious to move on to the next thing. But you ever notice what God says? Be still and know that I'm God. Then he says, they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew his strength. And what God wants us to do is just be still to wait and allow him to energize us. But you know what? Getting involved, doing the work of the Lord, guess what it does? It recharges our battery. So you say, well, pastor, there's no limit to what we can do. You know, as I said a couple weeks back, you carry the vision that I carry. I'm pregnant, man, for every, every day. Man, I, I carry this vision, and this vision sometimes gets heavy. But you know what makes the vision light? You. Many hands make light work. The vision is accomplished by you. If you ever notice what jo Joseph, if you ever notice Joseph, Joseph was considered the dreamer. He was considered a dreamer. But you know what Joseph had in his life? Get this. Joseph had bakers and butchers. He had bakers and butchers in his life that helped him accomplish the vision. You say, what do you mean? The butchers made the way. They cleared the way for the entryway of Joseph. They made the path straight. Man, they made all the opportunities come together. But then the bakers, if you know what a baker does, they put all the ingredients together to do what? To make the cake, the cookies, whatever the case may be. Today, our cookies got froze out. They couldn't get here. So we had some leftovers that maybe you got. But our cookies were they're in Grantsburg, stuck in the farm because they couldn't get out. But you know what the baker does? He puts the vision together of what Joseph gave him. And when he takes the baker, puts the vision together, it helped Joseph accomplish the vision. Some of you, God has called to be butchers and bakers to help accomplish the vision here at Adventure Church in our community. So what can we do? You ever think about that? We're going into two services. We're going to need many hands. But here's some of the things. Ushers, we need a lot of ushers. Obviously right now we're in COVID, so that's why we do the four stations. But ushers, greeters, man, talk to Monty and talk to Deb back there about greeters. Man, we need greeters at the, at the doors. Man, I need some young greeters at the doors. Man, we got both entryways now coming at the coffee shop and all that stuff we're doing. We need some greeters with a smiley face. I don't want no dog that's their hair standing back up. Man, if that's you, stay at home. Amen. I, wanna, I want some smiley faces. Put a smile on your face, right? I want some smiley faces that say, hey, welcome to Adventure Church. Right? We need some greeters. Help in the coffee shop. Rhonda, man, she's doing a great job. She's doing a great job in the coffee shop. Amen. What you don't know, she doesn't like, she doesn't like siren water. That's no kidding. So you know what she does? 
Every Saturday, she goes to the cistern. I didn't even know they had this in Grantsburg, and she gets that very fresh water from that cistern there in Grantsburg, and she brings it and fills up those big old bottles of water, and that's how she makes her coffee. Amen. Isn't that great? And get ready for our, the espresso machines coming in, our bun coffee makers coming in, and that's going to be revived back up there. Wait till you see that getting ready to happen. It's going to be amazing. But coffee area, you can be there. Help clean up areas. Help clean up. I mean, man, you know what? When we were in Oklahoma, we had a ch church of 6,000 people. And you know what we did? We had temple ministry. And we never had to pay for a custodian because guess what? The church took it upon themselves for temple ministry. That people would come in one day this, this week, this next week, the next week. We had different people that would come in. And then on the fifth Sunday or fifth Saturday, we as a staff, th all 37 of us, would come in and we'd gather in the sanctuary. We would pray together. And then we were like an army. And we'd clean up the church. And I mean to tell you, man, we'd be singing. I'm telling you, I met, I called her Bertha. And, man, I had Bertha and Bertha, not Bertha Butt, one of the Butt sisters, but Bertha. And I'd, I'd push that vacuum. Man, I'd vacuum. And I was singing like crazy. No sin, no sickness, no disease, no poverty. And you know what? It made me happy because I was cleaning God's temple. And let me just tell you, listen, we can paint, we can help paint, get involved with kids' church. We need people in kids' church. Listen, I'm going to tell you something, man. Being involved in kids' church, it is the funnest thing. I remember when I was a children's pastor, man, one of the little girls that was in the back of the line, we used to pray every, every Sunday, have a little altar call, and there was a little girl in the back of the line. She was crying like crazy. Her name was Carla, and I couldn't wait. Man, I was bypassing, praying, oh, like a little sprinkle over the kids, get done, because I wanted to get to Carla. Now I let me get down. Hey, Carla. Once Carla got down, she was crying like crazy. And I said, Carla, I said, what's wrong, honey? She said, oh, Pastor DJ. Oh, Pastor DJ. I said, Carla, what's wrong? She could hardly get the words out. She said, Carla. She said, Pastor DJ, a car ran over my frog. And, you know, it touched my heart because I was ministering to kids. That's why Jesus says, suffer not the little children to come unto me. Children are innocent. They're pure. And you get a chance to mold their life like silly putty. And, man, we need kids in children's church and security. Talk to Jeff, Dad. We need kids, people in youth groups. We, we need to drive the kids' bus. I love the kids' bus. My grandkids are here today. And they couldn't wait to get on the bus. Thank you, Mark and, and Joe, for those who drive the bus. Teach a class. Uh, get involved with prayer in our prayer chain. We pray every Wednesday night. You can get involved and do these things. Listen, you will never have a part of the outcome of victory if you are always on the sidelines. Man, what we God wants to do is want love all, and because of my love, I want to serve all. I want to do my part. As we go into two services, I need you to enlist, to put on your marching orders. Another one is this, evidence inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. That, man, the hope that I have, this is the evidence of me showing my love. Listen, there is nothing more inspiring than seeing a life changed, a heart melted, and a soul coming to Christ. There's nothing more inspiring. Man, it's so exciting when you get to lead someone to the Lord. I remember some time ago I read a book when I was back in North Central Days, and it's always inspired my life. It's always inspired me and stayed with me. And it was about a pastor one day. He was sitting in his office. And while he was in the office, he got a phone call from a lady. He said, Pastor, Pastor, you need to come right away. You need to come. So-and-so is ready to give her heart to the Lord. And, pastor, you need to come right away. So the pastor all got up from his desk, and he put on his coat and his hat, and he was ready to go out the door. And the Lord prompted him, Stop! 
And about an hour later, there was a knock on his office door, and there was a lady that called him. He said, Pastor, this is so-and-so. Let me introduce you to her. She just gave her heart to Jesus. And that lady that led her to Jesus was, man, glowing from ear to ear. You see, the pastor could have took that opportunity away from her and led her to the Lord. But the pastor said, no, you're going to do it. And because she did it, she won a soul to the Lord. And the Bible says that those that win souls will shine like the stars forevermore. That lady was shining. She was glowing. She was happy. Why? Because she won one to Jesus. Let me ask you, when was the last time? You led someone to Jesus. If not, why not? You see, listen, I love this. You don't have to be a preacher. We already have one. I think sometimes, right? (laughs) We got those. You can be a servant where we don't have enough of those. You see, why did I say because Jesus said, could you not tarry one hour? What do you think about this? Right now, we gather for an hour and 15 minutes. And for some of us, that's our form of worship, maybe throughout the whole week. If you take an hour a day, that's seven hours a week. If you take it Monday through Sunday. You come to church, start at 9, be done at noon. If you could come one Come to first service and serve in second service. If you come to the first, second service, you can serve in the first service. But here's what God put in my heart. Do you know in that span, that's basically a three-hour span. You see, what you value is what you're going to put your interest in. And if we really value God, we're going to put our money where our mouth is, and get involved doing the work of the Lord. And Jesus will say to us, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You see, in 2 Corinthians, I tell you, I love this verse. As for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker among you. As for our brothers, they are representatives, now get that, you have your Bibles, you want to get that. They are representatives. His hands and his feet extended. They are a reflection of Christ, my representatives of the churches and the honor to Christ. Therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our hope or pride in you so that the churches can see it. Notice what he said. Notice what Paul is saying there in Corinthians saying that you are a representative of the Lord. When you leave here today, people are going to say, hey, where did you go? Where were you today? Well, I went to Adventure Church this morning, and, man, we worshiped God, and, man, we were great. You know, when you tell somebody that you went to Adventure Church, guess what you're doing? You're representing Adventure Church. You're representing who we are. And you are a reflection of what type of church we are. And when you say you are a believer or a Christian, guess who you're representing? You are representing Christ. I don't know about this, but, man, I, my kids, you know, I have three kids, two sons and a daughter. And, yes, they're my offspring. And, yes, but you know what? When they're out there in the world right now and they're all pastoring, even as I speak, they're all ministering right now. But you know what, who they are? They're a representative of Cheryl and I. 
in everything you do, when you say you're a Christian, you're representing the greatest lover. That's Christ. And I want my representation of him to be right. That people may see Jesus in me. I want it to be that way. Listen, there is nothing more inspiring to that, to being a representative of the Lord. That God, I want to be with you. He said, listen, we are representatives of the church. If we go to the ch- go to church, so it goes. We represent his love to others. We represent his word in us. And we represent the attitude of Christ to serve others. What do you mean the attitude of Christ to serve others? In Mark 10, verse 45, Jesus didn't come into the world to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He came to serve, and we represent that in Christ. I love this. The church is anyone, everyone working together, each doing their part to advance the kingdom of God. Usually the ones who complain the most in the church are the ones doing the least in the church. Somebody say amen. Pastor, quit stepping on my bunions. Quit stepping on my corns. You know, like a lot of times, seriously, when I wrote that down and it came to my heart, a lot of times when people are the ones that don't get involved, they're the ones that complain the most because you know why? They have no idea the inner workings of the church, but they see this and that and they say this and that and they maybe see something out of order that they don't understand, but it's because they don't understand it. What they do about it is they complain about it and they never know the ins and outs of this or that and the other thing, but all they want to do is complain. And you're never going to know the ins and outs if you don't get involved so that you don't have to complain, but you know the plan. How many of you are bosses? You know what I'm talking about? They may not know the whole plan, Tamara, but what happens is they want to complain about your plan. How many of you ever heard of the old thing, Charlie Brown, the peanut gallery? Right? When you're involved in the game, guess what? It means you're given some skin. You're given opportunities. You're working. You're getting involved, right? I love this one. It says this, the church is not running in full capacity if we are not doing our part. My challenge to you today is to come one, serve one, get involved, meet new people, greet new people, and serve God's people. Amen. In Romans chapter 10, I'm going to move quickly. In Romans 12, verse 9 and 11, watch this. He says, love must be sincere. See, people don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. They want to know if you're sincere. They want to know if you're willing to sacrifice, go the extra mile, do what's really called to them. They want to see that in your person's life. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourself. Ooh, that's pretty hard to do. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Notice what he said. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal. That put on your happy face. Man, when you come into church, man, I don't want you to put on a facade. I want you to be a real reflection of Christ because the joy of the Lord is your strength and it's coming out of you. Man, it's in you because you have an encounter with God. And because you have an encounter with God, I'm going to be a reflection of him. That's what God wants you to do. You see, listen, I love this. Serve from the heart of the Lord and it will not be a chore but an honor to him. You see, how you serve, it can either be a chore or an honor. I love this. In 1 Corinthians, and I'm moving quick. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Look what Paul says again. You got to get this. 
you got to get this because everything you do, everything, Gary, that you do, God sees. Have you ever felt unappreciated? Have you ever felt like, man, maybe you weren't recognized when you've done something good? And I pray, Quinn, I pray, seriously, Quinn, and all you men, Harlan, and the rest of you guys, that you guys know how much I really do appreciate this. I really mean that. Dan, all the rest of you guys, I, I sincerely mean that from my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Pastor Andrew, thank you from my heart. You see, love is sincere. Love really shows that, man, God, I, I just want to show my gratitude. I want to show my devotion. But listen, have you ever felt like you weren't appreciated? Maybe felt like maybe you just expected to do it, get up 9 to 5 as a husband and work 9 to 5, put a paycheck on the table to supply the needs, the mom doing the dishes, cleaning the clothes, cleaning the house, never feeling appreciated. I think we all felt that way. One way or the other, in your life, you may have felt unappreciated. But with God, he sees all, knows all, and hears all. He sees all, knows all, and sees all. And so he says here, Paul wants to remind the church in Corinth that your labor, now watch this. He said, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Don't get discouraged. Don't get defeated. Don't quit. It's easy to throw in the towel. It's easy to quit when things get tough. It's easy to quit when you get discouraged. It's easy to quit when you feel defeated. It's easy to do that. But then you got to remember you're going back to home plate again and you're starting all over. He says, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Can I ask you, what's moving you right now? What's got you discouraged? What's got you that you want to quit? What's got you that right now you want to give up in your life? You want to throw in the towel. I want to give up on my marriage. I want to give up on my job. I want to give up on my kids. I want to give up on my friends. I want to give up on this. You see, it's easy to do that. But he says, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Why? Because doing the work of the Lord there's something that God does. He rewards those who diligently seek him. He says, watch this. I love this. He says, because you know that your labor, that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That everything that God sees, from the little to the big, he rejoices. He did it for the least of these. And everything, Aaron, every wrench you turn, every person you talk to, God sees. And he says it's not in vain. You're not being overlooked. You're not being passed by. You're not being unappreciated. The Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice when we do the work of the Lord. They cheer. They clap. They applaud. Hey, look at him. Look at her. They're doing the work that God called them to do. God gets excited. Celebration takes place because you are doing the work that God has called us to do. It's not in vain, Joe, that you drove the youngest group sledding yesterday. It's not in vain, Charlie, what you do for your kids. I love watching you guys on Facebook. You're the man. It's not in vain. Do you get that? 
the Lord remembers every big deed to every small deed that we do for him. Now watch this. You got to get this. Yeah, go ahead, Pastor Andrew. You got to get this. Check this out. I love reading the Bible. I read it how many times? I don't know. My, I got, I've gone, this is my seventh Bible. I read the Bible from back to cover, front to back, everything in between. But I love reading the Bible, especially when it gets to Revelations, because that's the beginning of new hope. Revelation is when it's laid out that Jesus is soon going to come. And so in Revelations, it's the end of the book. And at the end of the book, guess what? It shows that we win. So look what happens in Revelations 19, where it shows us. It's getting us ready and prepared. Leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. Someday I'm leaving on this jet plane. And when I leave, look at what God says. Let us rejoice and be glad. And give him glory for the wedding. The wedding. Of the Lamb has come. He's putting on his veil, putting on his garments. Watch what he says. And his bride has made herself ready. Guess for whom? For you. But it doesn't stop there. He said, Fine linen bright and clean was given to her to wear. Now you say, well, pastor, what does that mean? If you have your notes, check this out. Your garments will be constructed by righteous acts. Study it. Maddie, everything you do, you got such a great heart. I remember you in your sophomore year. Man, you are amazing. You came and didn't know me from Adam. You came and sat by me in the bleachers and just talked to me and my wife. And man, she had a banged up knee, was out, couldn't play that year. She had the greatest attitude. It blessed me, Maddie. It really did. Watch this. Harlan, your labor for building this stage is not in vain. Your garments will be constructed by righteous acts, by what you do here on earth. By what you do here on earth, Bob. He says, and how you live for Jesus. That everything you're doing, God is woven together. And soon and very soon, it's not going to be the coat of many colors that Joseph received. Your robe, your garment is going to be so incredible. And then not only the garment, the robe, but you're going to receive the crown of righteousness. And God's going to say to you, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I love your service to God here on earth will determine your quality of your reward there. It's easy to forget why God saved you, what he has called you to do, and how you're supposed to live. It's easy to do that. Because we get caught up in our own anxieties and our own pressures, our own dilemmas of life. I love this. Love like you never loved before. Give like you've never given before. Pray like you never prayed before. And serve like you never served before. You want to win these communities? 
You want to win your community? How do you do it? Joining together. Sacrificing you maybe given three hours of your day. And say, God, I'm not going to rust out, but I'm going to wear out doing the things for you. And I'm going to take three hours of my day. I'm going to serve one. I'm going to come one. And I'm going to get involved with kids. I'm going to do some greeting. I'm going to do some ushering. I'm going to teach a class. Whatever case may be. Because then, then God begins to knit one pearl two. Knit one pearl two. You know what he's doing? Brandon, he's hemming your garment. He's preparing your tailor-made suit, Mary. Mark for you. Every time you start that bus when it's 24 below zero and you're out there and I saw you scraping those windows, God sees it. It is not in vain. So I want to encourage you today. Your pastor needs you to enlist. I need you to get involved. Let's do something for the kingdom. Let's touch lives. Let's touch hearts. Let's all join together so we can celebrate for one coming to the Lord. Will you stand with me this morning? Next week, don't forget, 911, rescue 911. Going to be fun. Going to be fun. I want to encourage you, 9 o'clock, you'll see a video. I'll put out a video next week on Facebook concerning all the times and different things. But I pray that you would go home and you accept this challenge, challenge you, encourage you, inspire you today. I challenged you, Chris. My challenge is that we get involved. Don't be a spectator. Be one who scores a touchdown. Is Levi here today? Levi, Zach, man, watching you guys play sports, it's fun. But you know what's funner? I'll tell you what's funner, Levi and Zach. Watching your mom and dad go crazy when you guys play. It is so fun to see Rhonda and Jeff, especially Jeff. Come on, Zach, what are you doing? Come on, Levi. But you know what? When they do something right, who's the first one to cheer? Mom and dad. Get this. You are sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Bible says that you and he is our Abba Father. And when you score a touchdown, and when you lead someone to the Lord, when you change a baby's diaper, when you do these things, your Abba Father cheers like Rhonda and Jeff. They get excited. Father, this morning, I thank you for every individual here today. And may we all enlist and do our part. Could we not just give, sacrifice, be obedient to do something for the glory of God? Not to just be on the sidelines and become a dead sea, but become one that gets involved and has a part of the victory. That we all do our part, no matter how small or big it is, it's not done in vain. Everything works together, just like the butterfly thing, Lord. When the butterflies, man, move together their wings, it disrupts the atmosphere. It's a small little thing, but yet a big thing. And I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you, Lord God, will put the challenge out to Adventure Church, that we will all do our part. For those listening online that couldn't be here today, I challenge you as well that we all will do our part. Lord, bless this time. Be with every individual. 
And Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said, now come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.